This is Who Kicked the Corner Flag, an English soccer game show podcast. With Kevin De Bruyne, who sets up a shot and scores. And now it's with Harry Kane, and it's another chance to make it three, and he doesn't miss this time. That's Coutinho for Salah. Oh, that's brilliant. Mo Salah's header from Coutinho's excellent cross. And here's your host, James Rose. Welcome to our 21st episode of Season 2. Hope all our Midwest listeners are still keeping safe and warm in this never-ending winter. Uh, Now returning to us this week is the chairman of the KC Spurs, the man who's ready to put on a construction hat to help with Spurs' stadium delays and who's already placed his Pizza 51 order ready for mid-podcast delivery. Top man is Jared Bustamante. How are you, bud? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Just, you know, really put out by the news that Spurs New Stadium will not have its cheese room. Uh, <laughs> it's very, very sad. It really melts my heart. And uh, uh, I just think we should post Capone the opening of the stadium <laughs> to get this unbelievable uh, thing fixed. Oh, my gosh. How many can you fit into one sentence? Uh, and we're also back with the leader of the Casey Gunners, the man who just booked his flight to London to jump into Arsenal's defensive line and who has a theory that Mike Dean picks his own matches to officiate. What a riot. It's Voice Richardson. How are you, bud? What does Spurs have to fawn do to finish that toilet bowl of a stadium? You know, it's just, it's gone on forever. Uh, <laughs> all right, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> oh, great. That's awesome. Uh, let's start off as usual then with our top three segment where our guys try and figure out which of the three subjects was voted the most influential from the EPL weekend's action. Uh, three points for guessing the top answer, two points for guessing number two, and so on. Uh, our top three subjects this week are the Blues spanked by the Citizens, the Cottagers throttled by the Red Devils, and the cherries plucked by the Reds. Uh, so, boys, you're up first this week. Which of those three was the most talked about? Jared and I were debating over this earlier, and uh, we were sort of ready to go, chomping at the bit to make this happen. So uh, I definitely want to talk about Chelsea's 6-0 demolition by City. That would uh, certainly be the number one spot this week. Yes, uh, once again, Chelsea faced an inquiry after their spanking by uh, Manchester City. The final score, as you pointed out, was 6-0. This was Chelsea's largest ever Premier League defeat ever. Ever. Crazy. Uh, the Blues have also conceded at least four goals in consecutive away games for the first time since 1990. Uh, so, again, that's that's quite a way back. Um, boys, let me ask you the question about Sari here. Uh, how long does he last as manager at Chelsea Football Club? Not long. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this has been the ultimate problem with Robin Abramovich is the fact that certain managers, including specifically Sari, need a little bit of time to bed in before they can get their system on track. He doesn't have his own players, but Abramovich just doesn't give them any time. And at this point, you have a frustrated roster sort of headlined by a player who has been a manager killer over the course of time and Eden Hazard, who has already kind of shut himself off here. I thought one of the more interesting stats that I heard over the last uh, few days post this match is the fact that within the last three matches that they've played, which is Arsenal City and Bournemouth, they've allowed 12 goals, which equals 1.2% of the total number of goals they have allowed in the entirety of their Premier League history. Damn, there it is. Which is, that is insane. And uh, you saw it basically from the offing. You know, you had a situation where Aguero should have scored a tap-in. It probably very well should have been 5-0. That goal Aguero scored was absolutely incredible, but they just folded. It was at four goals in 25 minutes. 
Yeah. Bournemouth <laughs> didn't even get four goals that quickly against this Chelsea defense. And the thing is that some of the stuff that you see in this where I forget, I think it was Aguero that ended up scoring a goal where a Chelsea defender lofted it over the back line and basically passed it to Aguero who just <laughs> went, thank you, and tapped it into the back of the it net. Was Ross Barkley, wasn't it? Maybe I'm sure. Oh, that. you're right. That's who it was. I <laughs> yes. was looking at that earlier and I'm just like, that is absolutely just incredibly poor. And I think... Whenever Ross Barkley got transferred to Chelsea from Everton, I think Jared and I both had sort of snarky comments about it, and they've come to fruition. I I think Sorry's problem here is, A, there are some roster holes and there's some aging that have started to develop, but he's already lost the locker room, and now he's in a situation where, how do you condone playing Ross Barkley? You know, they have Kovacic, they have a couple other players in this lineup that can come in and do a deed, and it just seems like he's sticking with a player that is the architect of his own demise against a city club that are just absolutely incredible. I mean, as an Arsenal fan, I was watching this match after my team lost 3-1 and was basically 1-1 until, you know, they just decided to be idiots at the end of the first period. But you take almost a little bit of happiness from this because at least you're not Chelsea. I thought the interesting article that I saw towards the end of today was that his fate now hinges on the Europa League, which is not a great position to be in as the manager of Chelsea Football Club. That is certainly true. Jared, uh, can Chelsea salvage anything from this season, despite uh, everything the boys were saying and uh, things obviously not going their way thus far? I, what's frustrating about a team like Chelsea is that, you know, we talk about this and, uh, oh, they're imploding, they're crashing out, they're still sitting sixth. They're sitting six with a plus 16 goal difference. So they're obviously in that top tier. They will finish top six, but I think it's going to be six. Uh, you compare it to a surging Manchester United uh, and Arsenal squad, despite the fact that their back line is a collection of barrels, has a uh, you know, uh, a team that believes in their, in their manager and they have the motivation of the locker room. But sorry has nothing. I mean... They're sitting around with goals. I'm talking about waiting for him to come out and speak. And I think he didn't even shake hands. He just went back into the. That's right. Uh, yeah, he uh, just kind of walked in, on into the, into the locker room and just kind of left. Uh, I don't know. I mean, and to Boyce's point, I think to Saksari is actually the wrong move. I mean, this is not a managerial problem. This is a systemic club level problem where. You're absolutely right. You have a guy in Eden Hazard that is completely checked out. He's already, you know, packed his bags for Madrid over the summer, which I'm hoping he does. And that shifts the focus off of Christian Eriksen. Uh, <laughs> so I have very selfish motivations for that. But this is a squad. You know, we say time and time again, money is talent. Uh, but, you know, that doesn't buy a, a, a cohesive team. There's plenty of talent on this roster. But, you know, you have the... That Ross Barkley pass just, I, I had some, just some very, just delight in watching that idiotic play happen uh, <laughs> because they paid quite a bit of money for it. But at the end of the day, uh, no, I, but I mean, what's the level of success here? It would take a mighty collapse. I mean, they're 11 points ahead of Wolves. Uh, you know, they're definitely, this top six has kind of distinguished itself. I would be shocked if they finished below sixth, but I think that's where the line is. Jared, let's move on. You obviously have two topics left to pick. One of them is the cottages are throttled by the Red Devils and the cherries plucked by the Reds. Uh, which one would you like to talk about? Which one gives me more points? <laughs> I can't tell you that. That's the game. <laughs> uh, well, I've been nice try. Uh, okay, let's talk about uh, 
Red's Cherries. Red's Cherries is second on the list. Nice work. So it'll get you those. Uh, right. It'll get you those two points. Uh, order restored at House Anfield as Liverpool comfortably beat Bournemouth. The final score was three to zero. Uh, Liverpool are now unbeaten in their last. 34 EPL home games, winning 24 and drawing 10. Uh, and the stats look good for Liverpool going into this as they've only lost one of their past 15 games against Bournemouth. Uh, so, Jared, as a, as a secret Cherries fan, despite the result, how would you evaluate their performance against Liverpool here? Okay. I mean, <laughs> the, the, pro- the problem is that you can't really make any mistakes against a team like Liverpool. I mean... I don't know if anybody watched this, but that second goal was really just a, you know, you give the ball away in your in that middle third on your defending end. And two passes later, boom, chip, board, goal. Uh, and it, I think that was kind of the heartbreaker there. Uh, Bournemouth went, it went into this knowing that they were going to give up goals, but they've proven that they are able to put some away, as I, you know, with that Chelsea match that we alluded to earlier. And I think this just shows, you know, kind of the difference between what we were talking about, you know, that break between the top six and the rest of the, and the rest of the table is that you make a mistake, they're going to make you pay for it. And that's true. Even uh, when top six clubs play one another, uh, you know, we've, we've seen that. And as you said, you know, this is kind of riding the ship for Liverpool. Uh, you know, they needed these points with a surging Manchester city who's apparently just going to score an average of five goals to the end of the campaign and, pl- and just annihilate everybody. But uh we're still high on the cherries. You know, they're sitting at, I think, 33 points. I think they're at their total, at the total at which a uh, secured staying up last year. So we're going to see yet another season of Bournemouth and listeners are tired of me waxing philosophical about Eddie Howe and how I, you know, wish he'd return my letters. But the, uh, uh, <laughs> it is no small feat. And, you know, they're, they're a solid mid-table team and yeah. uh, they can keep that going for sure. They've done that this year. Uh, and their main goal was maybe nick a point. Didn't work out. You wish it was less than three. But um, all in all, I think Bournemouth will uh, just carry on to the next match. Keep calm and carry on. Uh, boys, how did Liverpool uh, find their mojo again, despite their uh, last two games not having wins? Well, I mean, I think they found their mojo because their offensive players actually stepped up and put some balls in the back of the net. Uh, to Jared's point, I mean, Bournemouth... This is a squad without Callum Wilson right now, and he's been such a primary goal scorer for them throughout the campaign. So they were always going to have offensive issues. And the thing about Liverpool this year, we talk about their offense a lot, but their defense has been what has generally saved them throughout this entire campaign. Mm -hmm. And it's still incredible. I mean, the numbers are staggering, and I think it only goes to show how many goals City have actually scored that City somehow have a goal differential of plus 54 and Liverpool have a goal differential of plus 44, and Liverpool have only allowed, I think, like 15 goals all season. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's absolutely incredible that City somehow still have 10 more goals in terms of goal differential than a Liverpool squad who have only allowed 15 goals all season. But that defense is always going to keep them in matches, especially against teams that have problems offensively, and Bournemouth just was not up to the task over the weekend, I think it's a problem. You give up a goal in the 24th minute. What always ends up happening is that you give up a goal soon thereafter. When Aldham's goal was nice, Boric was kind of caught out a little bit. And when Aldham with a nice finish, I, I was sitting watching the Arsenal match at the time, and somebody told me that when Aldham had scored a goal, and I was like, what? It's just a very strange <laughs> thing to see somebody who's not in the front three of that Liverpool team start scoring goals. 
this isn't where the rubber hits the road for Liverpool. You know, this is a situation where you have a rejuvenated United team that they're playing, I believe, midweek in late February, uh, shortly after. I don't know what their weekend match is, but those are the types of matches. You look at the City squad, and I know that they still have, I think they still have Spurs and they still have United. Those are the two teams that they have left to play in the second half. I don't see them losing either of those matches. Liverpool are going to drop some points against some higher level teams. By the time they play Spurs, Spurs might have Kane and Ali back. Although, as we were discussing before we started recording, uh, Urente has not lost or dropped a point since being inserted into the starting lineup. <laughs> so I'm really excited at Spurs and Pochettino to, to decide strategically that it just makes sense to stick with Urente even when uh, Kane is healthy. So that'll be interesting to see. <laughs> but uh, I, I just think this Liverpool team is susceptible at the end to draws. And they they have a great front three, but they don't have a midfield that has the strength of City. They don't have the depth that City has. City may be running on four fronts, but they basically have 22 different players that they can insert into the lineup at all times. So the fact that they've still got the FA Cup and the League Cup and the Champions League and EPL... It doesn't really matter. It it goes without question that City are the best team in the Premier League right now. If they purchased a worthwhile backup for Fernandinho in the summer, I think they're probably ahead by five points right now. Again, it's going to be a tight race to the finish. We'll see uh, which of those two or three teams uh, will make it to the race. But anyway, uh, time will tell. Uh, boys, we're over to you now for the, uh, for the last one. Uh, of this section, uh, which is, of course, the Cottagers throttled by the Red Devils, which will give you uh, that single point right out of nothing. Uh, Paul Pogba helped his club surpass Fulham with a 3-0 win at Craven Cottage. Manchester United have now won six consecutive away games in all competitions for the first time since May 2009, so that's pretty impressive. Uh, now for Fulham, they have conceded 58 goals in 26 EPL games this season, which is the largest amount of any club at this stage since 2011 so that's kind of crazy um boys any hope for fulham this year for epl safety you know i I'm, it's absolutely <laughs> devastating to say this because i love i have sort of a, a jared level bournemouth thing for fulham i think craven cottage is one of the great places to go see a football match in england and uh i really enjoyed watching arsenal there this this campaign but no there's just no hope. There was actually, I wish that I had the link available and ready to go right now, but there was a great article, I think, in The Guardian uh, earlier today where a reporter kind of cataloged where it all went wrong for Fulham, basically talking about the fact that they had a series of lone players in the double digits last year, many of whom left, that sort of just created some chaos in their roster and that they ended up buying twelve or 11 or 12 players in the summer transfer window and that nobody ever gelled and they had a back line that had never played together. And you see it every week. We were laughing about that Harry Wings school where Spurs won in the dying breast against Fulham. Like, if you don't put up three or four goals against Fulham, have you really won? You might actually get three points for it, but... If you can't score three or four goals against this Fulham side, you're not doing anything right offensively. They're just dreadful. You know, you, we make fun of Ross Barkley, but it's like they're playing 11 Ross Barkleys. And meanwhile, Claudio Ranieri won't play Ryan Sessegnon. You have an 18-year-old that scored double-digit goals last year. He's the future of the franchise. He's a player that actually isn't on loan, that the club actually has rights to, and he's not being played. And it seems like that bringing Ranieri in was a very conservative move. 
that has not paid off appropriately because I just don't know what you do. You know, there for a while towards the end of the championship season last year, Tim Ream looked rejuvenated like he was the player that all of the U.S. national team coaches had seen earlier on five or six years ago and that he was re-hitting that form. And it's just not been true. He's on ice skates the entire time. As an Arsenal fan, it's nice to see Callum Chambers do well as a defensive midfielder. But, you know, when he was a center back earlier in the season, he was terrible as well. It's just crazy to see players that you know are good. Uh, sure, uh, uh, but like Jean-Michael Siri was being sought after by Barcelona for a while. There's talent there. It's just, it's not being utilized properly. And it is, it's a shame that, you know, I joked today that they were going to win out 12 matches in a row, which would be lovely. I'd love to see them stay up, but you're asking a lot of Cardiff City and Southampton. And the question is, even if you froze Cardiff City and Southampton at 25 and 24 points respectively, Fulham sitting at 17, do I think that they could get nine more points, which is obviously three more wins out of 12 matches? I don't. Mm. They've repeatedly failed to beat teams like Palace or Cardiff head-to-head. Those are the matches that matter. The matches against the top six, if you nick a point, you consider that a victory. Or if you're Southampton at home against Arsenal and you don't get three points, you feel like the world has ended. Uh, but above and beyond that, that's just, I think they're dead in the water and it makes me sad. Mm-hmm. Jared, on Man United, does, uh, does Scholstra keep the job full time now? I, if he wants it, I'm really interested to see if they actually offer him the job and he takes it and then we go into the summer and then we see if, uh, this is either Solskjaer's just inspiration for this United club that is suddenly realize that playing football is fun uh or is this just you know the lifting of the yoke of jose Mourinho and uh you know taking the top off the boiling pot and uh and then everything goes crazy uh i don't know clearly he's doing something right i mean you watch this united team and it's it's flowing it's fast they look like they're actually enjoying themselves and uh just as a spurs fan i think you know former target you know anthony Martial. i think i'm like oh my god <laughs> doing that for us <laughs> Ah, stop doing things and getting more expensive. But I think it's a coin toss. You know, uh, is he is he some kind of wizard? I mean, he has a solid managerial career, and obviously, you know, Brainy's a United legend. Uh, is this the beginning of you know one of the great new managers? I don't know. But to me, just the specter of Jose Mourinho, uh, uh, and just the idea of removing him from the equation it's addition by subtraction for this team and you're suddenly seeing all the creativity and all the talent uh shine for this squad and you know they're scary like i say you know there's they're surging there's going to be a conversation you know Mm -hmm. for uh for top four this year which is great you know you, you want that competition you want that happening in the league i'm very excited to see united and arsenal kind of duke it out here down the stretch and you know like i said i'm still a spurs fan there's plenty of time for Spurs to bottle this. Uh, so <laughs> don't count them out. Right, let's move on. Uh, let's go ahead and uh, return back to our midpoint favourite, which is, of course, a round of rumour mill. Uh, so to clarify, each player is going to get a quote or a line from a newspaper or online resource from the last few days. All they've got to do is tell me if the words I read out were in fact printed or just something I made out. So it's true or false. Two points for a correct guess. Jared, do you have your pizza ready? <laughs> they're late it's it's not good enough (laughs) oh man well jared you're up first uh with this one uh spurs are set to make a 35 million pound bid for young west ham oh 
I'm kidding. Oh. <laughs> you just you just said a bid to buy a player, so obviously it's false. Anyway, continue. I mean, I think he, I think he's stuck with that. I'm gonna laugh if it's correct. But... Oh well, I'll finish it off anyway. <laughs> West Ham, <laughs> West Ham midfielder Declan Rice, despite competition from uh, Premier League rivals Liverpool. So is it true or false? <laughs> I read something about. I don't know. I didn't see the number for the bid, but I saw the name. So I am gonna switch over to true and send this to the arbitration committee love it uh and it is true yeah the daily express uh (laughs) wrote those words uh clearly wanting spurs fans to get uh some kind of excitement from it because again when is i don't even remember the last time we bought a player actually it was lucas moore um but anyway that'll uh that'll get you those two points We we need some more of that Oh man, there it is. Where have the cheese puns You're gone, welcome. by the way? Uh, anyway, uh, boys, <laughs> this uh, boys, this next one's for you. Manchester United and Manchester City are said to be entering a bidding war for Portuguese playmaker Ruben Neves. Is that true or false? I know that City's been interested in him for a long time, and Man United will buy legitimately anyone that has two legs and can walk. So I'm going to say it's true. Uh, it's false, unfortunately. Nothing was printed that said those words, but uh, I would believe it if I saw that, right? I mean, it's just uh, one of those tricky ones, but uh, no, sadly not. No, nothing, like I said, nothing was written. Uh, Jared, this next one's for you. The Premier League now wants Tottenham to play at least five games at their new stadium this season or stay at Wembley for the remainder of the campaign. Is it true or false? Ah. Uh... I don't know. They're already in. False. It's true, apparently, according to the Evening Standard. The Premier League is putting their foot down, and they want Tottenham to make a decision on whether they can move in in the next few days or weeks or whenever. Um, And uh, clearly that's not going to happen, so Wembley it is. Uh, But sadly, (laughs) sadly that is true, Jared. Uh, Boys, this last one's for you. PSG are said to be making a summer move for Chelsea and French midfielder N'Golo Kante. Is that true or false? False. It is true. Uh. La Sport 10 or La 10, La D Sport. Sorry, there we go. I read it properly. Uh, Via the Sun uh, wrote that read. I don't know if that is actually true or not, or if they're just kind of stoking their own little fire here about getting all these Chelsea players to suddenly jump ship. Uh, maybe there's truth in that. But uh, apparently it is true. So I guess we'll see if he stays put at Chelsea or if he moves on. Right, for our last game, uh, of course, we're returning to our classic closer, uh, which is, of course, player profile. So, as usual, I'll provide five different clues to a Premier League player, each clue easier than the last. First person to shout their name and correctly guess their player wins those two points, but you only get one guess, as an incorrect shot will freeze you out. Uh, This week, your clue to these players is, in your face, ref. In your face, ref. This translates to players who've had issues with match officials when a decision hasn't gone their way. Marijuana Fellini. <laughs> oh, I wish he was in the list, but he's, he's... I know, he's he's gone now. He's gone now, I was going to say. He doesn't count anymore. <laughs> oh, man, big hair or not. Anyway, uh, guys, you ready? Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's go. All right, player number one is an Englishman. Has once lifted the EPL trophy... Did make an appearance in the World Cup. Jared. Yes, Jared. Jamie Vardy. 
Nice guess, sir. Yes, that is absolutely correct. And I'll get you those two points. Uh, He's a whiner. He is a whiner, yeah. God, his penalty miss was great. Anyway, uh, bias aside, uh, plays for... (laughs) One touch, one miss. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Plays for Leicester City and known for his lavish parties, Jamie Vardy. Uh, Specifically speaking, uh, his fallout was against John Moss uh, for a game back in April of 2016. So quite a while ago, but it still counts. Uh, Player number two is also an Englishman. Plays as a midfielder, has been with his club since 2011. Jared. Yes, Jared. Eric Dyer. Eric Dyer is incorrect, I'm afraid, and that Uh. does freeze you out. Nice guess, though. Uh, So, Boise's last two are for you. Also featured in the World Cup and currently plays for Liverpool. James Milner? It is not James Milner. No, the answer is Jordan, Jordan Henderson. Henderson. Yeah, oh, Jordan Henderson. Uh, this year he did it. Uh, I can't remember what game specifically, but he got in a ref's face. People called him out. I'm surprised he didn't actually get any cards for it. Uh, 27th of September, whatever fixture that was, uh, that's when he did it. Um, player number three, uh, as a striker, has just scored five goals so far this season. Plays for a London club. Once played for Man United, is from the Ivory Coast, currently plays for Crystal Palace. Boyce? Yes, Boyce. Zaha? Zaha, yeah, nice work. That is absolutely correct, and I'll get you those, said with such surprise, uh, that'll get you those two points. Uh, His sarcastic clap against the Saints uh, last week or two weeks ago. Somewhat recently uh, was uh, what got him in the clues there. But uh, I think he got a ban from the FA for an extra game. Good going, Wilfred Zaha. I think he's actually yeah, – I'm, I'm actually fine with – like he's he's <laughs> got a point that like the, everyone looks the other way when he gets fouled and all that. And I don't know. I think he's got a point. He, he could be as frustrated as he likes with, with officials. Yeah, agreed. Agreed. Uh, plan number four is a Frenchman. Spent four years at Chelsea – is a centre-back. Jared. Yes, Jared. Kurt Zuma. Nice work, sir. Yes, Kurt Zuma is absolutely correct, and I'll get you those two points. Uh, the other clues now plays for Everton. Uh, first name is Kurt. If anybody had seen that, so he got a double yellow mm-hmm. at after the match That's against right. Watford, mm-hmm. which is a... which The only reason I knew that, because I was really interested, because they... Report is a double yellow, but on the stat sheet, it reads as a red and zero yellows. Uh, So they had just, I mean, they were just in rapid succession, which is just bizarre to me. And uh, I don't know. I hope the FA looks at that. Again, I don't know what he said. Uh, I guess it all depends (laughs) on what he said and probably what he kept saying. But uh, I don't know. Uh, I've I've read he's getting a lot of support from from the Merseyside faithful. So I don't know. I'd like to... Keep an eye on that news story. It's going to be interesting for sure, yeah, because everything you said I was I was about to, to mention, yeah, it was a bizarre situation, uh, but one of, obviously did uh, put him on the list. Uh, this last player of the game plays for Southampton, is a striker, has only scored two goals for the club this season, is an Englishman, first name is Charlie... Boyce. 
Yes, boys. Charlie Austin. Charlie Austin. Yes, that is absolutely correct. And that'll get you those two points. Uh, his specific moment was back in November when his goal against <clears throat> Watford, uh, which was apparently offside, but it clearly wasn't, and he had a little bit to say about it. Uh, that's putting it mildly, but anyway. Uh, nice work, boys. That'll get you those two points. Uh, now, that is the game, guys. Would you believe it? We have another tie. Crazy, crazy, crazy. Uh, so, as before, I'm going to go ahead and bring up a Premier League season. Uh, and this time around, we're going to go for 2014. Uh, so, guys, we'll start with Jared on this one. In the 2013 to 2014 Premier League season, who finished third place? Who finished third place, Jared? And we're going to start with you. All right, here we go. Uh, for... Who finished? So, 2013 in... to 2014. Correct. Um, Liverpool is not Liverpool, boys. I think this was our, during Arsenal's streak of fourth places, so I'm going to go with Chelsea. Chelsea is absolutely correct, and it'll give you the win for today. Nice work, boys! Congratulations, victory once again. How do you feel? You know, it's nice to have order restored. We just need to stop having other guests on this podcast, and I can just face <laughs> off against Jared so I can stop losing. <laughs> I like that. The strategy. So, Jared, we need to bring in more guests, clearly. Uh, sorry you didn't win this one, bud, but how are you feeling? I, you know, it's fine. You know, Boyce needs that free point in top three to bring it down to, uh, you know, give him a little handicap. You know, that's fine. I'll give him a point. <laughs> we'll, we'll keep going. A little handicap. Uh, next week, there'll be three different Spurs guests on. You heard it here first. No, I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> FA Cup weekend, obviously, neither of our teams are in it. Uh, but are there any interesting fixtures that we've got our eye on for this weekend? <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll be honest. I can't really look past <laughs> Borussia Dortmund right now. Uh, That's I'm, true. I'm yeah, you know what? Let's actually, uh, let me ask you about that real quick uh, in terms of uh, interest and hearing about Dortmund's uh, losing Marco oh, yeah, Detroit. Yeah, yeah, boys. Do you want to talk about Champions League football? <laughs> oh wait, I'm sorry. Uh, so he's not listening. <laughs> uh, yeah, it is useful. Uh, does it tip the scales much? I don't know. Um, but uh, if if Dortmund's performance against Hoffenheim is any indication, then uh, frankly, I didn't look at the squad that they started or anything like that. I just at this point, you know, a tie, and I'm happy. Mm-hmm. Indeed. Boyce with Arsenal and their uh, Europa League campaign. Who do they face? Is it home or away? We are actually away to Bate Borisov in the great country of Belarus. Uh, mm-hmm. If we want to harken back two or three weeks ago when I had said that I would not necessarily be devastated if we had lost to United in the FA Cup, uh, United ended up drawing Chelsea at Stamford Bridge over the weekend. And Arsenal have a ridiculous flight followed by a bus ride. So the reality is that since Arsenal don't have an FA Cup fixture, they actually play Bate Borisov away, followed immediately the next Thursday by Bate Borisov at home. Oh. And then a and then a match against Southampton on Sunday. So things actually stacked up pretty well. Uh there was a good discussion about this on the Ars cast, but the great point that was made is that you just send a full strength team to Belarus, hopefully crush them in their spirits and then come back and play absolutely nobody on Thursday. Hmm. It's Arsenal. So that won't happen even if they do play a full strength squad. But all I have to say about this week is that 
Shkodron Mustafi somehow reached 100 appearances and it tore a small hole in my heart. <laughs> oh, I love it. Love it, love it. Well, we'll see how our respective teams do and let's see if we can keep those cup dreams alive. Uh, but anyway, as I usually say, time will tell. Uh, well, folks, that's all we have time for today. Uh, so as usual, big thanks to my guests, Jared Bustamante and Boyce Richardson. Uh, once again, don't forget to share the love by rating us from iTunes and, of course, subscribing to our weekly episodes. Uh, and you can also check us out and our musings on our Twitter page, at Kick Corner Flag, as well as our Facebook page and website, kickflag.com. Uh, final words, Boyce. As of Wednesday... February 27th, Arsenal will be firmly entrenched in fourth place, up by two points over United and three over Chelsea. Love it. Love the confidence. And Jared? And Spurs will be above that. (laughs) Oh, well, that is all we have time for. Thanks again for listening, and until next week. 